Rumble, the only podcast that puts its money where its mouth is. I'm your host, Rich Ryan, and for the final time, at least for a bit, I'm only joined by two members of the collective, Donnie, D.P. Peters, and the resident moose himself, Mo Nuara. Next week, at this time, we will be assembling our first Super Contest card of the season, so the disciple, Brett Colson, will be back with us. If this is the first time you're hearing us, that's what we do. We are in the Las Vegas Super Contest. We are trying to win the estimated, what is it going to be, DP? 1.4? What's going to be up top in this thing? 1.4. They did 1.4 last year. See, look, I'm, I'm already off my game. 1.7. Um, was. I mean, project. it's it's with the way that they skew the first place prize so much, um, it's I mean it's going to be massive. I think I think they're projecting 1.5 or 1.6 already uh, for first place. They are increasing the payouts, which is a good thing. I think they're paying out 100 places this year versus the 50. I want to say they did that last year already. Really? Yeah, I think I'm they paid 100 sure. last year. Yeah, I thought they were paying more this year again, but okay, good. But regardless, I mean, and the way we do this is we submit five picks against the NFL spread every week, and they rank us like a poker tournament. By wins, you get a half point for a push. And the way we make our card is each one of us submits a pick. That's four. And then the fifth and final pick comes from our aggregate rankings, and that is the collective pick. So every week we'll be making our card before the weekend's festivities, and then we'll be recapping the action and, moreover, bemoaning our selections the following Monday. And that's the pod. Welcome. If you are a long-standing listener, we welcome you back for the 2019 season. If you haven't already, check out some of our preview pods. We did AFC and NFC Futures, which we will be reviewing today. And then we offered up some props for quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers. If you haven't already, make sure to switch feeds. We are moving. All you have to do is search Gridiron Gamble wherever you're listening to us, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and we'll pop up right there. Like I said, reviewing our futures, and there is one person on this pod, the resident moose, who in the AFC futures specifically, I mean, you were kind of Nostradamus there, Mo, with this Colts thing. I mean, did you go back and listen to pretty much you notching every box in that podcast? I didn't. What did I say? I know I said Andrew Luck's health was a concern. Yeah, you you just wanted to fade Colts entirely. Didn't like their division price. Didn't like their total. I, I still don't like the team that you selected. <laughs> the Tennessee Titans. But you, what if they have a better QB now? They still have Vrabel, though. I mean, watching, and I know it's preseason, but watching Vrabel's staff running the ball on third and long, punting on fourth and two. I know it's fake football, but those types of decisions are pretty much insurmountable in the current NFL. But the I most- mean, I think that's like pretty wrong to say, um, but I know what you're getting at is that people are getting sharper, which they are, but it's still not like 
anyone's even close to where they need to be, probably. But um, these games are just decided by such fine margins. They're not insurmountable if you are like the Patriots or the Chiefs. They're insurmountable probably if you're the Titans, though. Possibly. But the the Patriots and Chiefs are what they are in part because of these decisions, right? No, they are what they are because they have the best coaching and the best players. The that's on the margins. That's adding like tiny slivers of win probability in every game. You know, like if a coaching decision, if coaching decisions could even total like add up to like 5%, that would be probably pretty crazy. But there, these games are decided by such fine margins that those little equity decisions, you know, they can, they can make the difference, but the, the AFC South is, going to be somewhat of a focus on this podcast as we play. We've done this a couple seasons now. Uh, We give our hosts the options to double down on their predictions, stay pat, or fold them and replace them. It is America's favorite game. That's right. Double down, stay pat, or fold, and we'll stay. We'll stick in the AFC. That's where we started this journey many months ago. And Donnie, man, you came out of the gates with some very strange takes. Your team that you fired multiple futures on was the Cincinnati Bengals. You liked them over six. You were even laying minus one twenty. DP, even you, the hot take master. I don't think you can stay pat. I don't think you're doubling down. Are you folding this horrific take? Nope, staying pat. Oh my god! I mean, I could fold and buy a better price, I guess, but I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to stick with uh, what I picked here. I mean, I was reviewing the schedule again. I think this team can get to six wins. There's, there's so much that can happen in the NFL and across the AFC. I mean, there's two runaway teams, possibly three that are just superior to the rest, and then everything else is just a massive dumpster fire. Um, that said, I think that uh, the Bengals can pull out, you know, six to seven wins here. I mean, not that it'll be pretty. It certainly won't be a good winning season, um, but, you know, I think they can get to this number. A.J. Green has shredded some part of his body since we last recorded, but D.P., staying strong. All right, Mo, what about you? You have an all, uh, in, in addition to D.P., you have a stinky team. Uh, but the market uh, has moved on your selection. You had Dolphins over 5.5 at plus 130. Pinnacle has moved them down a full game to 4.5 at minus 130. What are you doing with your over on 5.5? Market says I'm a fish. I agree. <laughs> um, Going to have to sell this one. Man. I just didn't really like any of these overs, and I still don't. Um. Now, now I think we got some value. Ugh, at the new price, I still don't know. I, I was looking. The worst team in the league is like usually a three or four win team, and the Dolphins look pretty likely to be the worst team in the league. Um, man, the front seven is awful on D. I mean, about as bad as you can get. Uh, absolutely awful offense, so top to bottom, pretty much. Um, now we got division in the locker room. We got. I don't know if I should get political here, but 
a Trumper supporting coach against the uh with I mean, fighting just, with his yeah, African American players. Yeah, you're just I mean. putting it plainly. That's it is what it is. We have like the height <laughs> of division is, in this country has infiltrated the Miami Dolphins locker room. Yeah, this is ugly. Um yeah, I'm gonna have to sell this one. Let's go with I was looking, I don't love anything, so I'm just gonna take the easy way out. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs over ten and a half. Wow. Um, fairly tough schedule, but you know, it still to me looks like an eleven plus win team, you know. Uh, a lot of things working in the Chiefs' favor. Uh great home field. That's always um you know, something you want to see with, with these season-long uh, bets uh, and a great regular season coach. Uh, those are probably the two biggest things that I'm counting on here. And obviously, you know, best QB in the league, but that's way, 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 way baked into these lines for sure. I mean, all this probably is, but I think you can get a little bit on the margins with the, the home field um, and the and the coaching staff. That's just historically been, you know, Andy Reid's just the man in the regular season. I uh, just need absolutely anything to emerge in the secondary. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen, but uh, that should be enough to get this team uh, to be over, I think. As you noted, eighth toughest schedule projected by Warren Sharp over at sharpfootball.com. They're projected to play six of the top ten most difficult teams in the league. And I'll never forget last year when in the first uh, predictions pod I gave a Chiefs under the first thing you said was you don't want to fade Andy Reid in the regular season and you yeah you right. don't fade Reid you don't fade Reid in the regular season I, I I do have to say by the way that that is likely factoring in um I'm I was looking at the same chart and this is based on April 30th win totals so this the the Colts are on the Chiefs schedule that's so. correct Colts winning their division last year would have them matched up with Kansas City this year and I have to stick with the Colts. I initially, because I had the uh, theoretical gun to my head and I had to pick an AFC over, I gave out Broncos over seven, which was minus 110. It's now minus 114. So the market agrees with me by the the smallest of margins. But I'm happily going to fold this to get away from that. And I'm going to take the Colts over six and a half. Uh, Minus 125. I'm getting this from DraftKings. Look, the luck news is obviously crazy, but Jacoby Brissett is an NFL quarterback. This isn't like midseason where the quarterback gets injured and then the turbulence of a quarterback change hits everything immediately. You have to throw in a guy who's not taking practice snaps, who's not in the rhythm of the season. Jacoby Brissett's been the QB1 effectively for the entire offseason, taking every first-team snap, playing with these guys, So in terms of change, day-to-day operations, not much is changing for the Colts. And this number has absolutely plummeted. So there's always value in markets where there's uncertainty. And right now with the Colts, there seems to be a heightened uncertainty. But guys, the last time we saw Brissett come in, and that's what people are, are looking at, 2017, the Colts as a team, we're still dealing with the Ryan Grigson idiocy that he put out there. The Colts were last in adjusted sack rate. Jacoby Brissett had no time to make a play. And when he was making plays, the only one out there with a pulse 
the only two players were T.Y. Hilton and Jack Doyle. Fast forward to 2019. We're coming off of a season where Quentin Nelson is an absolute monster as a rookie. Braden Smith, by the way, who no one talks about, second rounder, he steps into the league and he's immediately basically an average starting right tackle in the league. And that might not sound sexy, but when you can just pluck somebody out of the draft that's in their young 20s and they're immediately average and they just have room to grow, that's so much value. Colts were second in adjusted sack rate last year. So Brissett's going to have a lot more time. And now, in addition to T.Y. and Jack Doyle, you've got a Naheem Hines coming out of the backfield. You've got Eric Ebron, who I don't love, but he's a pro. Devin Funchess is a big target. Paris Campbell, they're going to get on these little drag routes and option plays. So the doom and gloom that's surrounding the Colts is a bit confusing to me. Uh, obviously, Andrew Luck is a great player, but I'm not sure he's worth like 7 to 10 points a game, which seems to be the consensus right now. So give me the Colts over 6.5 minus the 125. What do you got? I think you should go back and listen to some of the names you just read off as their playmakers. What are you talking about? Bro. They're pros. These these are these I mean, I guess they're pros in the sense that they get paychecks. They're not good. Well, they're not question marks. They they all have things that are they're at least good at at the pro level. Can I say that? I can't wait to watch Brissett dump it off every play again. He's not good at all. I, I don't think Jacoby Brissett's amazing. And part of the 2017 woes were definitely his fault. But he also had no shot behind that offensive line. When Andrew Luck had no shot, then nobody could step back there and have success. But now that they're going to have time, I, I, dude, if Frank Reich can turn Nick Foles into a Super Bowl MVP, he can get close to average quarterback play out of Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, this is a big test for Reich. DP, what do you got on the Colts? I mean, uh, I think they'll be all right. I mean, I don't don't think they're going to be amazing. I don't think they're going to tank and be horrible. I think that they're just going to be all right. I think it's fine to take the over. All right. Let's go to the unders now. And DP, this was a bit of a hedge based upon some of the other stuff we'll talk about going forward but you had the brownies under nine you did not give a price but it is currently minus 130 at the under nine what do you got are you doubling down are you staying pat or are you folding uh i would like to double down at the current price of minus 110 so i'll keep my old one i'll add a little bit more and i'll have more action on it because this team's going under man too much hype so you're gonna too much hype. So we got some folds coming up then from you. Yeah, I mean, I think my snap reaction was I need to fold a lot of this stuff, but then I I looked at it again and actually it was like, you know, it's not horrible. <laughs> it's a playable hand. Yeah, DP was somebody get Donnie some coffee. Yeah, someone needs to wake. Too much soccer last night. So there was a lot of soccer last night. I'm very tired and I did not get coffee yet. Blame the wife on that one. No, never blame the wife. <laughs> Uh, we can blame the wife. It's fine. <laughs> Never blame the wife on a public she, platform. She's not listening. It's fine. Oh, my God. Uh, all right. So, DP is doubling down on the under on nine. Mo, going back to the AFC South once again, you had under eight. 
for the Jags at minus 135. It's still under eight, but it's down to minus 105. What are you doing with Jacksonville here? Uh, I'm going to have to hold, uh, unfortunately. I can't double down um, due to the Colts thing. Obviously, things just got a whole lot easier for them uh, with two games against the Colts where they will have much better win probability than they had before. Still, the schedule isn't the easiest. Still got the NFC South and the AFC West on there. And I think, man, people expecting Super Bowl winning Nick Foles. I don't know if there are any Jags fans. I think it might be like (laughs) Rays fans or whatever, you know? Like, maybe that's just like a, a figment of everyone's imagination there's not actually any jacks fans but if there are they're going to be in for a rude awakening uh <laughs> really bad offensive line here really bad playmakers i would say probably bottom five group of pass catchers in the league i, I still Man, think you just this love is you love burying your boy chris conley probably a seven win team <laughs> i i mean it's going to be a little easier for them now like i said they have too much more winnable games now but so I, I can't double down, but I'll just hold it. I, I think I'll just I'll just hold here. If there was an NBA Jam version of the NFL for wide receivers, the the duo for the Jags would be Chris Conley and D.D. Westbrook. That's it's bad, man. This is a bad group of playmakers. <laughs> that's problematic. <laughs> uh, mine was AFC South as well. I had Texans under eight and a half at minus one forty. And I have to fold that in order to rebuy the Texans. Same number, eight and a half, but it's now plus 100, uh, basically even money. With the Colts news, my concerns remain for Houston. They have the hardest projected schedule, or at least they did prior to the Colts news. It's probably a little bit easier now, but it's still probably bottom third, bottom quarter of the league. Still have my concerns about the offensive line. Still have my concerns about the quarterback staying healthy. Will Fuller has yet to put a healthy season together. Kiki Cutie hurt last year, hurt this year. Lamar Miller, torn ACL, uh, unrest with Jadavian Clowney. This is a team in turmoil. hate Bill O'Brien, not as a human, but as a football coach. I don't like this Houston team. I don't like the way they approach uh, the game. And despite the luck injury, I can't get behind them. So... I will fold my old Texans and take them at the better price, even money, under eight and a half. Division winners, DP, you have to fold this one. Bengals were plus 1,400. They're now plus 2,250. Nice, nice bet, Donnie. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't project AJ Green to go down. I mean, what do you want me to do, Mo? You got to know. When they're going to play on a fake field for ceremonial reasons, and their star player is going to get hurt. You have to foresee these things. They should do some really dumb things in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> I really don't know what you want me to tell you. Um, I mean, listen, this is not, this is a fold. This is hundred percent a fold. I folded out of turn. Um, I, I already have had folded. Floor, I just, it's a penalty. Yeah, penalty. My ass. Um, I don't really know who to pick. Um, I was looking this over a little bit last night. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look over it again tomorrow because I couldn't decide. I still really can't decide on who I want. Um, part of it is I just don't care for these prices. And I'm, I'm reviewing prices out of uh, Westgate Las Vegas here. I mean, I like the Ravens, I think. 
at plus four hundred. Plus uh, four hundred to win the AFC North. I mean, run, listen. run, run, and get it. It's three hundred everywhere. Yeah, well, it's plus four hundred. I'm looking at it right now. Leave the podcast. Uh, get in your car right now. I, it's okay. I have an app, bro. I can just. Yeah, I'm not even high on the Ravens, and I agree with that. Uh, okay, so that's a good one. I mean, listen, I like I, I like the Steelers as like that third team behind the Patriots and, and Chiefs in the AFC, but I think that there's enough value there that the Ravens can can win this division. Um, you know, the Steelers are just kind of like up and down to me every single year. Uh, I, I mean, I'm already I already talked about I'm low on the Browns. I think there's a little bit too much hype there. A um, little too much uh, craziness going on with the, with their players that I don't think they're going to perform to some of the expectations that are laid out for them. I'm um, already tossing the Bengals in the dumpster. So, I mean, this this Ravens team, backed by Harbaugh, seems like uh, Lamar Jackson is going to be a little bit better um, in terms of uh, being a quarterback, an NFL quarterback at least. Um, I'm not sure if he's going to die out there on the field with all the running that he does, but – um, they brought in some vets uh, to play defense. That defense is always good. It's always super, super tough to play in Baltimore, which I think helps them a lot. So, yeah, I think this is this is ultimately what I'm going to go with. Um, so I'm ditching the Bengals. Uh, I was getting a little crazy there, but here we're going to go with the Ravens plus 400. That's what I can grab at Westgate in Vegas. Yeah, Ravens were my pick previously, plus 275 to win the North. I'm staying pat. They're plus 298 on Pinnacle, plus 300 on both DraftKings and FanDuel. The institutional stability of John Harbaugh and that coaching staff remains. And if we can get even like a 15% increase in passing quality from Lamar Jackson, this is going to be a very scary team. Uh, if I were to fold, I would go all in on the Colts, plus 500 at DraftKings to win the AFC South. But I'm staying pat on my Ravens. Mo, not my Ravens, but the Ravens. Mo, you've got the value of the century here. Take a bow. Titans plus 700 to win the AFC South. I'm looking it up right now. I'm seeing plus 300 on FanDuel, and I'm seeing plus 375 on DraftKings. Well done. You could you would triple down if you could. Thanks, yeah. I mean... You know, this is in the neighborhood, like you said, of like plus 350 now. So obviously doubling down if I can, uh, if I'm allowed to get my same price. Uh, I still think this isn't the worst at the current price. Although, like our esteemed and traitorous colleague who is no longer with us, at least today. Wow. Um, I'd actually rather have the Colts here at the current prices than than the than the Titans. Uh, Colts, if you can get them around plus four fifty, I think that's fine. I mean, if I have to pick a different one that's not on the board now, I guess I'll take the Browns. I don't know. I do think, man, this Ravens secondary is going to be scary. Yeah, gotta believe in Harbaugh too. That that <laughs> coach him up, man. I saw a list yesterday. I think it was Lewis Riddick. I think he had John Harbaugh as the ninth best coach in the league. Almost threw my laptop. Almost was ninth done. best. Who is ahead of him? Let me besides Belichick and like Andy Reid. Well, let me kick it to the next uh, segment and I'll pull it up. And it's AFC conference winner, and we all have the same one: the Cleveland Browns plus eight hundred to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. They are now plus seven sixty three on Pinnacle. 
I was seeing plus 700 on FanDuel and DraftKings, so value all around. Is anybody going to double down, though? We've got some... We're obviously staying pat. DP, you folded... Uh, you went. Yeah, du- you this team. You, no, du- this- you you doubled down on the under on nine, and now you're yeah. getting value. Is are you gonna inexplicably fold here? Yes. Yeah. Get the <laughs> hell out of here, Cleveland. You're a dumpster fire of a football team and a dumpster fire of a city. Wow. Yeah, they're quickly coming after Philadelphia for the crown of worst cities in America. Wow. This, uh, this is a heel that, turn. That said, um, I briefly touched on them. So. I, I like two here. Um, one, I would bet more than the other one. What, the one I really like is the Steelers plus 900. Um, I think that that team's going to be pretty dang good this year overall. Um, I feel like a lot of it is addition by subtraction, to getting rid of that crazy guy that is Antonio Brown, who's clearly lost his mind. And also just the Le'Veon Bell thing. You know, I think that when you can get rid of two of those types of personalities in the locker room. I think it can go a long way Uh, more so probably for a team like the Steelers than some other teams, um, because why wouldn't you want that talent? Um, But that said, I feel like this team is, is built in a way that they're going to be able to thrive a little bit better without those two guys around Um, just, just from a like meshing and and that sort of thing, which is really dumb, but I think that that can go a long way for them. And then I, I, talked about the Ravens. I like the Ravens too. They're plus 2000 again, looking at Westgate. So um, if I can buy two of those guys, I think that's good. I just, you know, chiefs and Patriots, obviously clear favorites. I just don't like prices on them. Um, I mean the, the Patriots, the, the fact that the Patriots are less than the chiefs is crazy to me because the Patriots are going to walk through this, this conference this year. Um, so if you want to buy them, I wouldn't totally hate you just because you're, they're not the favorite uh, overall. Donnie turning his back on the Browns. It sickens me, Mo. We doubling down here? Yeah, this is an easy double down for me. Um, I see four contenders. I agree with the market. Um, Four clear contenders. Um, And of those four contenders, I like the Browns price the best, although I wouldn't be mad if you wanted to fire the Chiefs. Um, Yeah, I'll take the, the... the value on the Browns, but I completely disagree with Donnie about the Chiefs and the Patriots. I think the Chiefs are I much, much higher on the Chiefs' chances than the Patriots, in my opinion. I Love mean, it. Love we the can homerism. Bet, we can bet them against each other. The odds are pretty much the same. Yeah, I would happily do that for as many pizzas as you want. This Let's go. Patriots team, once what we, again. What are we going to do? Even so. pizzas? I mean, at least... Are you going to nickel and dime me like you normally do? You know, they had a... <laughs> Wrong. They, you know, they had some some players who were actually standouts, and well, they have Josh yeah, Gordon for like three weeks this year. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think the Chiefs should be more of a favorite than the Pats. Although, I mean, the, really, the only thing setting the only reason that the Pats are even on the Chiefs level in the in the market is because they get to play the Chiefs at home, so that there's a decent chance that they'll have home field. Like, the market is pre- basically. Pricing the Chiefs as the better team, so I agree with that, and I think that the Chiefs can win on the road, hopefully, because they might have to. So, um, yeah, let me know. Let me know how many pizzas. Two pizzas. I'm in. Looked. Are we doing just? A, are we doing half to win the win. conference? Must okay. win. Got it. Must win conference pizza bets. Movers Johnny. Two pizzas. Book it. I'm writing them all down this year, so we don't forget these I damn know. things. Yeah. 
You guys kill me with these. Especially Sorry. You're the host. Start writing. I get out so your much pad. Get out your pad and paper like some other touts in this industry and just write <laughs> shit down. I'm six and one, my last seven picks. Guaranteed locks. We're never gonna be that show. Ever. I promise you guys. Even if we win this thing thrice over, we're never gonna be that show. All right, you guys ready for Lewis Riddick's top 10 coaches? I w- Normally, we would go 10 to 1, but because I told you Harbaugh was 9, we got to go the inverse order. The- so number one, and this is a sounder that is on my new mixer, so it's it's really a, a, a rim shot, but we're going to work with it. Number one, Bill Belichick. No surprise there. Number two, Andy Reid. Any guesses on number three? I'll give you one guess each. DP, who you got? Uh, Peyton. John Peyton. What about you, Mo? McVeigh. It's Doug Peterson. McVeigh number four. I knew it wasn't going to be McVeigh. Excuse me. Peyton number four. McVeigh number five. This rim, rim, rim shot's really getting to me. Number six. Hold on to your lunches, kids. Mike Tomlin. What? That's a take. That's a good take. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That guy's so bad at coaching, it's not even funny. Like, is this a list of cheerleaders? I get it. But no way is that guy good at coaching. Number, no way. Number seven, he's the number one gum chewer in the league. Speak, Carol. I mean, Pete's fine. He always gets those defenses freaking going. Number eight. This one is Mo loves this guy because he's Chiefs, but it's Matt Nagy. Yeah, I think maybe you need a little more of a sample to put him above Harbaugh, guys. Yeah, wait till after this year and then redo this list. Nagy won't be in the top 18. And then John Harbaugh's nine. But the reason why I went from one to 10, not only to reveal who was ahead of John Harbaugh, but number 10 should be the exclamation point to this list. It is going to incite... A tremendous reaction from my fellow co-hosts. Number 10 is... I'll tell you what, man. It's John Gruden. That's awesome. (laughs) That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. How can John Gruden be number 10? Knock if you're with me, man. John Gruden. Number 10. All right. That was a good... uh, See, and this guy wasn't this guy a former GM? Intermission, front office of some some whatever. Who cares? Whatever he was, he was an executive of some sort, and he has a brain like this. <laughs> yeah, I thought Riddick kind of had a clue. Yeah. I don't See, know. I thought that too originally, and then the, if you actually listen to him more and more, I think he's more of an, well, an idiot. Honestly, I think what happens is being on a network that large. Uh, it has an effect on your takes because you might go in being the sharpest and being nuanced, but then your takes and your delivery quickly erodes to uh, better fit the arena, if that makes sense. So, and the further away you get from the game, I think your takes get worse as well. That's what's going to be interesting about Romo. Part of Romo's great coverage as a color commentator is that he was playing against a lot of these guys just recently. 
and he knows their tendencies, a lot of the play calling, and I, I wonder how much it's going to hold up the further he gets from the game. But that's for another day. That was a good intermission. Time for the NFC. And we're going to start with the overs again. Mo went after a heartthrob of everybody on the podcast, Aaron Rodgers. Took the over on the Packers, 9.5. He got plus 120. It's currently plus 113. A modicum of value. Mo, this looks like a stay pat from you. Yeah, I don't see any reason to sell this now. Um, the stuff out of the Packers camp isn't the most encouraging, I guess. Like, I've kind of been, it was people were saying maybe Rodgers isn't in love with the new playbook or whatever, but I still think anything but McCarthy is going to result in a boost that might shock some people. Um, just wish they added another playmaker on offense. I don't love the weapons there, but, uh, this D should be a lot more solid than people think. So uh, let's just uh, stay pat on it. Yeah, the Disciple has been hyping up this D all off season. Personally, my, uh, I've seen Mike Pettin in action as an assistant under Rex Ryan. Like the stuff that he does. He's super aggressive. So interesting to see what he'll be able to do with that front seven in Green Bay. DP, you did the same, but you got nine even from the Westgate. What are you doing with this? Yeah, well, it's now up to minus 130. So, look at you. Uh, I mean, I, I still like the side a lot. Um, so, I'm going to be doubling down. Um, I mean, I've, I've heard the same rumblings uh, coming out of the Packers camp about uh, Aaron Rodgers and how he's taking to the new playbook and the new coach. And listen, part of that is, you know, I think the coach needs to just kind of let the superstar do his thing, but also Aaron, shut up and, and do your thing. Like on both sides, they just need to come together. And I think that they will ultimately, um, you know, come, come season or come regular season uh, when, when this all gets going, uh, you know, full blow. Um, I just, I like everything they're doing. I, I'm, I'm high on this defense as well as these guys are um, higher. Now that uh, the disciple has been talking them up a lot. I'm super high on the offense. Overall, good things coming out of Packerland this year. I'm worried about LaFleur. You know why? why? Have you seen Hard Knocks this week? No, I haven't. Honestly, I haven't really been watching Hard Knocks because I think it sucks now. It is a and bad I'm, show. And I'm freaking pissed. It is a bad show, but I can't quit it. So before the preseason game, John Gruden and LaFleur shared a couple of words. And it might be because he knows Gruden is mic'd up, but LaFleur just looked like a deer in the headlights. I'm worried, guys. Oh, he's got a little McVeigh to Belichick in him. I'm worried. Got it. He was well. He was awful last year in Tennessee. Granted, what did he have to work with? But smart people keep telling me Mariota's good at football. I don't know. I'm worried about Lafleur. I have no idea what smart people you're listening to. You need to check the smart people around you because he's that guy's not good at football. I'm worried about Lafleur. Speaking of McVeigh. The West Coast GOAT. I had over 10.5 for the Rams, plus 20, 122. It's now plus 130. Same number, 10.5. I'm staying pat. I've been more optimistic with each passing day about Todd Gurley. Selfishly. This seems to be a long-term ailment and not a short-term ailment. So as long as they manage him correctly, he's going to have an impact on this team. And they did a good job of addressing his backups by uh, matching the tender for Malcolm Brown and going out and drafting Darrell Henderson. So I have, 
the return of Cooper Cup is only an increase. I think Wade will be able to figure out on D. So, yeah, still loving the Rams. Over 10.5. Let's get to the unders now. DP, you turned your back on a team that you used to love. You took the under on 9, minus 110. I'm seeing that the number went up on Pinnacle, at least. At least it, it, it was 9.5, I think, last time as well. But you got 9 at the Westgate. What is it at the Westgate, and what are you doing with this number now? Uh, the under on 9 is now plus 115. Mm. And I am tripling down. <laughs> I Quadrupling down. How, how much money can I put on this freaking under? <laughs> I mean, is like people are betting Mitch Trubisky to win the MVP like like madmen out there. I, yeah, I don't did you guys see that? He's yeah. one of the top plays. Yeah, people are just going like what? Well, in what it, universe do you think Mitch Trubisky is going to win the MVP? Is it tickets or dollars? It's got to be tickets, right? It's got to be like ten dollars. I think it's tickets. Yeah, yeah it's got to be these these people. Yeah, in Vegas, want to bet my boy Mitch Trubisky? Go Bears! Just five dollars lit on fire at the book. I mean, if they if 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 someone from that team wins MVP, it's not going to be Mitch Trubisky. I don't care that the quarterback gets ninety nine percent of the love when it comes to MVP. It's going to be Mac. I'm just I'm determined into that factor. Defensive um, MVP. That said, I just I. That's a take. Yeah, I mean that team is all defense. This is true, right? I actually don't even think the odds are that far off. Uh, I mean, they're probably far off, but anyway. Um, yeah, just this regression for this team. I think they really overperformed last year, which I thought that they were going to do. You know, I thought that they were setting up to be a pretty good team, catch a lot of teams by surprise. Um, obviously, the MAC trade really helped them last year. Um, I think that you're going to see just a bit of regression here. And nine wins is a lot. Last year, this number was what six, six and a half, um, and I grabbed the over on it. Um, you know, just same sort of thinking here. I think that that number last year was too low. I think this number this year is too high. Um, I mean, I'm sorry if all you Chicago fans out there, um, unlike Cleveland and Philadelphia, you guys have a great city. You know, your pizza sucks. <laughs> you have a great city. Um, that said, yeah, I'm not big on Trubisky. I talked about it. I mean, Nagy's he's he's good, but Trubisky's a huge part of that offense. Number one, number two, I, I just don't really like the receivers around Trubisky, um, and that includes. Uh, the tight end there, Trey Burton, who I think is is good, but I think they overpaid a bit for him. Um, I mean, defense is – it'll be all right, but I don't think it's going to be as good as last year. I think some teams will be able to figure them out, and I think with every year that passes, defense becomes a little less impactful in the current state of the NFL. So, yeah, I'm sticking with the under. I'm doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on this under. This is like the fantasy player that – you think is going too early and they have a, an average season. And then the next year they go way too late. Ironically enough, Trey Burton's a good example of this this year. I think Trey Burton was like, I was talking with somebody last year. He was like a fifth or sixth round pick last year and he was fine, but he didn't warrant that value. And now he's going in the 13th or 14th round. He's like the last tight end off the board. If he's even drafted and his value probably didn't change. He was probably like a ninth or 10th round pick both seasons. But because we build some expectations for something and they over-exceeded it in the example of the Bears or they underachieve in the example of Trey Burton, the market just violently reacts to it as opposed to staying neutral 
where they should have been all along. So I, I don't want to speak for Mo, but I think we're all on board with some Bears regression this year. Mo, you picked the Panthers under 7.5. You were getting plus 135. I'm seeing plus 144 now. What you got on Carolina? Going to have to cautiously double down here. Unfortunately. Wow, this is aggressive. Again, this is aggressive from Mo. Well, unfortunately, once again, Indianapolis is on the schedule. Man, how did this happen to me? That's sick. Uh, yeah, and obviously that looks much more winnable. That being said, it is on the road. So it's definitely not automatically going from a loss to a win here. Um, with the better price... And looking at the schedule, I still think this is a seven or eight win team. Um, so I still like the plus one forty four we're getting. I don't believe at all in this secondary, and I don't believe especially in these playmakers on offense. Whew. It's, it's gonna be ugly over there. I mean, McCaffrey might catch 150 passes. The the DJ Moore Curtis Samuel slander is getting out of control for me. I, I don't know how we can put pizzas on this, but I <laughs> put 7,500 pizzas on. I think you need to call the disciple over there because he's he seems to love these guys. Yeah, I'll, Every get, un- I'll get to the Panthers in a bit. Well, maybe I'll just get to them real quick. I had Cardinals under 5, plus 110. They're currently under 5, plus 112. So I'm going to happily stay pat. Still fading Cliff Kingsbury. Still fading... This defense, man, I I got kind of lambasted for suggesting this in the chat because of volume reasons, which are fair, and Daryl Bevel reasons, which are also fair from the disciple. But week one, I don't think there's going to be a soul on earth stacking Stafford, Galladay, and Jones against this Cardinal secondary, but I don't think it's the worst idea because if the Cardinals truly play or run as many plays as they're telling us they're going to, and that defense is truly as bad as it looks, these games that they play are going to be insane in terms of scoring. And before Pat P comes back, even when Pat P comes back, I'm going to want to have the other side (laughs) in these games, especially if they're going to be as low-owned as the Lions offense is going to be in Week 1. So staying Pat on Cardinals under 5. And then I'll kick off the division winners. I had Panthers plus 6'10". They're down to plus 550. Mo, I'm doubling down on the Panthers winning the NFC South. Come on, Cam. I believe. Yeah, this probably isn't like the worst, um, just based on the price. Uh, I think the uh, thing is, like, I, I think if the Panthers are any good, it's going to be because their defense is very, very, very good. Like, this secondary, the young players improve, and like, their offense can do enough. I just don't see this offense doing anything. When I was saying infinity pizzas on under, I was I was talking about <laughs> infinity pizzas on DJ Moore under and Moore uh, and Samuel Yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there is some potential for this defense to be good. There's also some potential for it to be not good at all. If the secondary doesn't improve and Keekley gets hurt like he always does, this could be a complete dumpster fire. So give me the over on Cam Total Yards. Love that guy. All right. Some other division winners. Mo, you had the Eagles at even. They're currently minus 130. The more and more time passes, 
the more and more interesting this Zeke holdout gets. And if there is no Zeke, then the Eagles should should win this division in a runaway. Finally, the market agrees with me somewhere. I'm I'm going to blame the Colts on all the other market disagreements, but <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to double down here again. I think I obviously much prefer my first price. If you're able to get close to even money, I think you're doing great. If you're doing if you're getting closer to minus 150, it gets a little iffier. Um, I still think this is the most talented team in the division, and I still think, as I said before, by far the best coaching staff in the division. So, um, you know, this burned me last year, but here we go again. Doug Peterson, number three, according to Lewis Riddick. Our guy. And DP to round it off. The Packers once again. You had them plus 200 to win the NFC North. They're currently plus 210. What you doing with this one? Plus two forty at Westgate. What do you oh, think man. I'm doing? Back up the Brinks what truck, baby. I will be right back, boys. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go make a bet. Uh, yeah, doubling down, tripling down, quadrupling down. I just talked about how low I am on the Bears. They are the favorites to win this division, which I do not agree with. The Minnesota Vikings. Um, are the second favorites, and that's a good squad. Don't get me wrong, Mike Zimmer's a good coach, um, but you have one, the Kirk Cousins factor, and he's bound to throw at least three, three, three break, uh, sorry, backbreakers um, throughout the season. And for whatever reason, that team just seems to underperform. Now, not that they won't be very good and make it to the playoffs, but in terms of the expectation that we seem to set out every single year for the Vikings, they never really seem to meet that. Um, so that's just kind of built into their DNA. Uh, super high on the Packers this year. So, yeah, give me them at plus 240 now. Already had them at plus 200. I am happily doubling down. NFC Conference winners to wrap up this podcast. Donnie came out with a sawed-off shotgun of NFC winners. He had the Packers, Hawks, and Falcons. The prices were plus 650, plus 1500, and plus 2000, respectively. The Packers have now gone up, according to Pinnacle, to plus 904. The Hawks are plus 1270, so they went down. And the Falcons uh, down as well to plus 1447. DP, what are you doing with these? Um, I'm going to stay pat on the Hawks. I'm going to stay pat on the Falcons, both because I can't get that same number anymore. But the Packers, I'm doubling down because they're now plus 900 at Westgate. So let's go, Aaron Rodgers. Wait, that means you're getting less value. You should fold and buy at plus 900. You had him at 650. Sorry, I meant I meant doubling down on the fact that like when I place my new bet, it's going to be at the new value, <laughs> keeping the old value. That's that's what I was meaning here. So Sorry. It's, so it's like stocks. Your uh, your average. I'm buying more. I'm going back to the window and I'm buying a new ticket, and that new ticket represents the new price. Yeah, your and your average will be my average seven fifty. How about that, Matt? And it's a two x bet. There you go. I'm just betting everything. I mean, Mo Mo and, Mo and I both had the Falcons plus fourteen hundred. They have stayed. Even at that number, a little bit of a jump to fourteen forty-seven. Mo, what you got here? Gonna sell it and take the Packers. Uh, market wow. way down on them since Donnie made his fish pick at plus six fifty. <laughs> so now that we're getting plus nine hundred, give me some stock. I'm buying it now. Uh, I actually thought the market would go the other way on this team. 
Yeah, one would think, but uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe the rumblings out of camp are scaring people, uh, and people are firing away on these other teams. I mean, this is a very large drop. I'm pretty surprised to see it, but uh, man, I I mean, maybe I, is Aaron Rodgers just not the best anymore? I mean, that's very possible. Like, I mean, I guess he's probably not the best since Mahomes is the best, but is he not even like top five? Like, did he just like fall off? Did the injuries catch up to him? I don't know. We're gonna find out. Um, I'm. I guess still a believer. So, uh, yeah, plus 900. This is really good price. I think really solid value here. I'm going to stay pat on my Falcons plus 1400, but I'm seeing on FanDuel the Eagles are plus 700 to win the NFC. They're plus 500 on DraftKings. So, what I'm a little bit baffled. As to yeah, why, if you can if you can get seven to one on the Eagles, I think that's good. As, especially those two books, they're operating in similar jurisdictions. For there to be that much of a gap, especially given the jurisdictions being in the Philadelphia metro area, plus five hundred at Westgate. Yeah, if if you've got Fanduel, fire Eagles plus seven hundred before finishing this pod. That's that's a value for sure, especially with the Zeke stuff being uncertain. Plus 450 at stations. Let's go. I'm going to hit refresh to make sure there wasn't like a mistake here. All right. Hitting refresh. FanDuel Sportsbook. Oh, they refreshed everything. This team still has tons of talent and a very, very strong coaching staff. All right. We're going team futures. We're going conferences. NFC. Philadelphia Eagles. Plus 700. Run. Don't I mean, the walk. NFC is pretty, pretty wide open. Super wide uh, open. I mean, c- compared to the AFC, which is super top-heavy to like two or three teams. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like this as well. I mean, the Eagles are going to walk through that division. I don't care if there's Zeke or no Zeke. That's like, the Cowboys, Cowboys are sneaky good, I think, especially on defense. So if Zeke comes back, I'm less in love with this. But, yeah, given the current circumstances, there's – a nice bit of value on Eagles plus 700. And that's the pod. Hope you were able to follow as as well as possible as we reviewed our AFC and NFC future bets. This is the last podcast on this channel, by the way. I will, if you forget, I will put up like a 10-second clip sometime next week reminding you to move over. But please... If you like the content, if you want to stick with us, just search Gridiron Gamble. A second feed will pop up, and you just need to subscribe to that. You should also follow these guys on Twitter, at Donnie underscore Peters and at Monuara. Give the flagship a follow as well, at Gridiron Gamble. For the entire team, I wish you a happy end to the week. Get ready for next week. It's time for real football. Until then, peace out.